G'day ladies and gents, welcome to Life of Mine. Maddie Michael here and I'm here on a regular basis to bring you some real life combos with a whole range of people. Now, the combos can be about mining, they can be about finance, science, current affairs or whatever's going to interest people and it is delivered in true Aussie spirit with a whole range of experts on the other end of the mic. So if you're looking for a good down to earth perspective on the exciting stuff within mining and life, then make sure you tune into Life of Mine each week, wherever you get your podcasts. Rightio, today, oh, I like to say this is a collaboration with a fellow mining podcaster, Sean Lavin, who hosts the Beneath the Surface podcast, and we yarned about both of our journeys starting a podcast, and if you don't know it already, it's a lot of fucking work. We pretty much sucked off Joe Rogan for the whole episode, notably the pinnacle of podcasting and both of our idols, so... Make sure you check out Lavo's podcast, Beneath the Surface. Couple of familiar characters he's interviewed as well. Adam the Beanie Bean is a recent one. Pops up everywhere, the social tradie. Rightio, let's collaborate. Welcome, everyone, to a collaborative podcast. If you're listening to this on Life of Mine, uh, my name's Sean Lavin. And if you're listening to this on Beneath the Surface, it's a pleasure to welcome the great Matty Michael. Matty, how are you doing today, mate? Oh, you could nearly call it a collaboration. I'll oh, the, yes. I love it. A collaboration. <laughs> oh, good, mate. That. How are you? I'm going to write that down. Can I Can I steal that? I went, I had a, I've got a mate called, what was his name? Chris Lavin. Probably still is his name, but I went to I went to dinner at their joint one night. This is when I was on a bit of a pun rage, and I and they cooked a roast. I sat down. I said, "Oh, I'm just loving this roast tonight," and they just got weird looks from everyone. Didn't it didn't really hit the mark when the other mate that was there is like, "You're a dickhead." No. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, most of mine all come from the super bad reference. So I, I used to have the nickname of Mick, Mick Lavin when I was on site by the the great Mick Hoyt, who's been on my podcast before. Oh yeah, um, if you remember that, he had the he had the ID which had Mick Lavin was his name. Oh Mick Lavin, <laughs> yeah, I got you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good I was called Mick Lavin. Always had a good had a, always had a good laugh on that one. <laughs> oh, how's things, mate? Who's doing who? This is we, we, as you said, we might have these awkward silences. Like we don't know who's doing who, as because it's a collaboration. It's a collaboration, yeah. Well, so um, it's weird because you're so used to being the interviewer, and I'm sure you're in the same boat. But mm. um, for the first time, actually, we're doing more like a collaborative podcast where we're just kind of interviewing each other, I guess, or just hanging out and having a chat. The beers have been cracked, which is the most important thing. But um, mate, I love it. I love evolving the format of the podcast and just doing things however we see fit. Oh, because I, I guess, pr- pride myself a bit on the lack of preparation to avoid mm-hmm. any sort of structure um it, it can but it, it took a bit to get that way i end up because i wig out a bit leading up to it if i haven't prepared at all i'm like i do reassure myself like it's gonna be fine it always works out <laughs> but then you're like oh shit should i have a little bit of stuff in my head but then i'll find if i've got too many questions in front of me or too many ideas that i've got to hit i'll just end up you end up thinking about them too much and not focusing on what they're talking about at the time yeah, I reckon. How much, how much prep do you do? 
Oh, I do. I do do a little bit. I usually put together just a more of a framework for the conversation for most of my guests. It just depends. Depends who it is. So, um, as you know, Peter Finn, he's been on the show a few times. I know you're mates with him. I, I need no framework for him whatsoever. He can just talk underwater, that guy. You've got to take the framework away from him, Nilly. It's a- oh, yeah, I know. I know. Don't give me any structure. <laughs> uh, I, I think for me, though, I found a little bit of structure helps just the guests. You know, I think most of the people I've had on the show, it's been their first podcast or the first time they've, um, you know, even done anything like this. So, it, I, I find it just helps it ease them a little bit. It gives them something to think about and gives them a bit of an idea as to where, you know, what we'll chat about and where we'll go. But it's very loose, man. I, you know, and I tell them beforehand- we may not stick to this, you know. We might go question for question. We'll just see how it flows. And, I've, had, um, I've had ones where you, mm. you've got a, like a, you know, ten or fifteen questions you've given them in advance, and you go, you start on the first one, they answer that abrupt stop, and then you're like, yep. okay, we'll go on to the next one, and we just work through the question. It's just like, oh, you're killing me here, dude. Just like, where's the, where we're not, we didn't go off on any tangents at all. It was um. And by the end, and it ends up going for about half an hour, and that's it. Um, yeah. Whereas ones and it that, feels awkward, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like shit. This is like a tele interview. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends. I love. I I just get so caught up in the in the different personalities and the the way people think about things and what they need and what they don't. You know, I had I had one guy in particular who I pretty much had to talk him through his own story. And um, <laughs> and that was fine, but I needed to be ready to do that. And it wasn't until we were, you know, a couple of, oh, probably 10 minutes in that I was like, oh, I've actually got to almost lead this person's story, you know, all the way through. And then you got others, mate, open a can of worms. Who knows what's going to come out? Well, so I've had plenty that have pretty much been shitting themselves. One guy didn't sleep for a whole week <laughs> leading up to the interview. The Dave the Iceman Ryan. He, uh, Dave, he, what are you, you doing, know, yeah, hard, hard as nuts. Bloody jumbo operator, and uh, oh, he, he wouldn't even look at me at work for the whole week leading up to it because he, he was shitting bricks. Because because I've found that's why I've found now. I hit the go button, ask something random at the start to catch him off guard, and it just seems to calm him down, calm the nerves, like yep. it take taking away that structure. Um, yeah, I don't even introduce them sometimes, but just like once I get that first five minutes out of the road, they're bloody yeah, sweet. But that's a co- that's the cool thing about podcasting, right? Is you don't have to introduce them because you can do that. You can plug that in at the start. You can do a little bit at the start after the interview and say, "Hey, this is what we talked about, and this is who this guy is." And here we go. Did you before you started beneath the surface? Did you have any media experience, any speaking experience, any audio editing experience? Were you just the same as me, bloody just off the cuff? Let's do a podcast. How'd you start? Mate, the only microphone that I was really um, up to speed with was a two-way. Yep. That was pretty much all. it. <laughs> I bet I, 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 I do like speaking and I like presenting and I get to do a little bit of that in my day job nowadays, which is cool. Um, and I was a big fan of podcasts as well. And yeah, I, I sort of uh, met someone through work who was really into podcasting and she started her own um, her own show and she's like, it's awesome, you should do it. So... I was like, okay, I'll just jump in the pool and <laughs> went from there. But it's fun, man. It's it's a cool outlet and it's an awesome little passion project. So, um, and I just love tapping back into the industry, you know, the mining industry, which I live and breathe. What was your bloody goal at the start? What did you think? 
like why were you did you was it just a cool concept like because I because probably my goal would be so much different to yours. What were you like? What void were you trying to fill? Uh, oh, to be honest, the void I was trying to fill was um, leaving site. So I basically moved from an operating operator. Um, and we, we could probably talk to our stories a little, little bit later, but went from an operator in and moved down to the city and went to the head office, into the corporate, into a totally different role. And I to- I just missed I missed the the crew and the dynamics and the the banter and just the ridiculousness that happens on site. And so because I was I had, had a passion for podcasting and um or for listening to podcasts and I thought, oh yeah, well I had this um uh good friend and a mentor really who kind of got me excited to start my own one. And I thought I'd just love to go back and try and try and capture those three AM crib hut conversations that are you know, with these weird personalities from all across the country. And um, that was really what the, the fuel was. And um, it's just sort of evolved from there. That's pretty much the same as me, but you wouldn't believe yeah. it. Because, you know, when you're at the, um, you be at the wet mess at work on camp or, or wherever, even just at the normal pub, and you'd be sitting down and everyone's, you know, you're sharing the rough as guts underground stories or the back in the day stories. And you know, there's always someone that says, how good would it be to record these? Like, you just nearly yeah, yeah. want to leave a phone there and record some of these stories. I'm like, fuck, that's a good idea. You could do, I could do a podcast on that, and just get people mm. to come in and, and talk shit. But there's obviously a, a fine line between what you can say at the wet mess and what you can release to the, the broader public without getting, <laughs> getting sued or defi- defamatory bloody cases against you. But, um, there, that's. I guess that's the challenge of it finding the line. There's been a few that I think there was one. Um, there was one story that I put up in the one of the early ones. This old old school fellow was telling that involved a lot of bad things, and I actually released yeah. it. And, and one of one of the ex guests, who's a sort of a corporate uh, business owner, he raises, "Oh, funny story, but I'd probably take that down. That's uh, that might bite you in the ass later." <laughs> So I took I took his advice. Learning curve, a lot of learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to be, I guess, you got to be careful with that stuff too. Like I'm a little bit cautious. I'm always, I try not to talk about, um, you know, different companies and clients and things like that, just because, you know, the the brand, the, the amount of effort that those sort of businesses put into their brand. And if you're sitting here sort of talking about them without approval or without them knowing, you know, you, you wouldn't want to land in hot water. So, um, but I figure as long as you're saying nice things, no one's going to have an issue. Yeah. But yeah, you're right though. Sometimes some of those stories and they're awesome. Um just can't talk about it. I know <laughs> I look one of the one of the um things that I really wanted to capture when I was sort of planning the podcast and thinking about different conversations. I was like, you know what, I'd love to like interview people who've been um like in really either involved in or close to like a significant incident or had yep. something going really wrong and like talk it through and um you know, and and just really dive deep into that. And I thought in my head that'd be an amazing story, but the reality is, like, you can't really talk about it. You know, and it's probably uncomfortable for a lot of those people to talk to. And then there's, you know, if, depending on what happened, you got to think about the families, you got to think about the company, and all this. And I'm like, oh, I can't, as much as I'd love to talk to it, you can't necessarily get that story out out in public. Well, it's so, and, but it's got to hmm. be a while ago as well. Like, like there's a yeah, correct. When, because I actually I was lucky enough to interview a fellow, Dean Pitaway. He, he got run over by an underground truck, but it happened. Yeah. It happened in like two thousand and two, I think, or a lot, lot of years ago. So all the legal 
legal mumbo jumbo. That's all been finished. It's, it's all, all been sorted. It's all finished. So you like you could talk about it, but like any like any recent events, all you know, legal and company company sensitive. So you can't really yeah. um, delve into it. like well, that thing. Like it's the stories are good, but it's more raising awareness as well like those that's yeah. what the, the impact of those stories have when you hear it from the horse's mouth and you hear you know whether it's fear or regret or or whatever emotions there'd be bloody millions of emotions going through when they're involved in a significant incident um people people learn from it just because it only takes something like that to someone to hear that it might just change a little decision they make at work that could prevent another significant incident so i guess you and I, like, you, you see it as a bit of a duty to provide that. If we've got, like, we've started this podcast and it's like we've got this, you know, we've got an audience, it's like, well, you got to use it for some good instead of talking about bloody your typical wet mess stories. You've got to, you know, a bit of a balance between trying to provide, give a positive impact to the industry. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's something I've noticed with the podcast as it's evolved is, the different people that reach out to you or you get put in touch with from previous guests or, you know, just through the general networks and you find all these people doing amazing stuff and you're like, oh, come on the podcast and talk about it. Like, tell tell the industry or tell the people who, who are actually interested in, in what you're trying to do. Um, you know, even just recently I did one with Andrew O'Brien and he's a... He's an SSE, or he's a geologist, and he's got his SSE ticket, but he's actually now a financial advisor. But his focus is on providing financial advice for those in the mining industry. So, he he knows the industry. He he gets all of it. And we just broke down the basically the, the impact that the coronavirus has had on the economy in general and, and the certain things you can take advantage of and what's available. It was awesome, you know, like never would I have thought I'd be talking about, you know, um, government policies around fi- personal finance on a mining podcast but it was great you know i got heaps of good feedback and he's a top guy you know doing really cool stuff for the industry so it's amazing the interesting personalities right well that's it and you don't have to be a guru on any of these topics you just facilitate the conversation when you're trying to I guess when you're trying to butt in and like use your own knowledge I've found myself just come unstuck it's like when you accept the fact like I don't know what I'm talking about in this specific area. That's why you get the experts on. Like, just let them do the talking. You just got to, yeah. and as you said, sometimes it can be difficult to, you know, keep them going. But if you've got the right personalities, it's just like, just let them run. Like, they're, they're the experts. Let them do the talking and just, you know, keep asking the, oh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a, I guess you find your, the skills increase over time trying to ask the right questions to keep the, keep it flowing. Um, and because and I, I just try to, I don't want it to sound like a, an interview. Like, the, I guess my goal is to have them at the end say, oh, shit, I didn't even know we were recording. Like, that's what um, yeah. old Sammy yeah. did on Grab Life by the Balls. He's like, we got an hour in. He's like, you recorded that, didn't you? He's like, it didn't sound like we started. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, don't worry. That's how we roll, brother. <laughs> um, but I listened back to me early once. I talked to beanie about this and oh they're just yep. horrendous minor but then i still see people downloading i'm like fuck i've got to take them down like because they're so bad the um or just even the theatrical nature of my voice i was just like it's just a boring monotone like it, you learn so much about because it, it was same as you like you just 
Yeah, it's uh, starting a podcast was just uncharted waters for me. I've, I've yeah. gone from blowing up rocks to ended up in the media industry somehow. I'm like, it's um. What have you listened to your early ones, or do you, do you know what they sound like, or were you a bit of a natural from the start? Oh, mate, I no, I ha- I have listened to a few back, um, but I definitely don't think I was a natural from the start. I don't think I'm a natural now. I just think it's it's a skill, and you mentioned that before. You know, you just get a bit more comfortable, more comfortable with it. I think um, I listened to an episode of Rogan's podcast. It was a few months ago now, but he was just talking about how important it is just to get out of your own way. You know, just you know, trust yourself and just roll with it, and just stop trying to think that you have to keep doing better and better. And I kind of put that in the context with the podcasting, you know, to your point, you're thinking, oh, I need to ask this question and I've got to direct the conversation in this way. And if you actually strip that back and just just get out of your own way, just let it flow and and let the the content expert or, you know, whoever it is who's telling their story, let let them say say what they need to say and and help them say it as best they can. And um, it's it's just a skill, mate. I think I think you just get better at it like anything. You know what I mean? If you pick up a soccer ball today and you give it a go every day, then in a year's time, you'll be a hell of a lot better than you were when you started. That's it. That's it. You've got to catch them off guard too, I reckon. Like, you know, if they go oh, on a reckon? bit of a monologue tirade and they, they're they there because they might have in their head like a preconceived idea of what they're going to talk about. And they're like, I'm yeah. going to do this. I like to cut them off halfway through. I'm like, hold on, what did you mean by that? Like just because, yeah. you know, especially when you've got a subject matter expert, they're – they're speaking in their language that they understand, but the broader public mightn't understand their lingo. And I'm like, well, if I don't understand what you've just said, no one else is. Uh, and like, I'll find when you sort of butt in, say, what do you what do you mean by that? Then that just opens up a whole another conversation when you and you just, um, yeah, because I've found if you if they go on a big, a big massive bloody what do they call it? A filibuster. That's the word. A big, massive, long I've speech. I've never heard that word before. Filibuster. 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 Yeah. It's a, like a big, massive monologue. And then they get to the end, you're like, okay, where do we go from here? What's the next question? But just breaking it up a bit, challenging what they've said. Not challenge them, just say elaborate on that a bit. Um, don't know. Seems to, who knows? Well, just bloody, who knows? Just make it up each day, as you said. And it's probably next minute two hours are gone. Well, that's the thing, right? You're facilitating the conversation. So, it's those questions like, oh, tell me more about that or elaborate on this. And that's your job, I think, as a as a podcast host when you are bringing in people who, um, you know, they're, they're experts in their field or they they know what they're talking about and you you don't. You're just there to help try and get their message out to your audience. Um, those questions are so powerful, man. Like, that's, that's the way to do it. Who, and I'm who, sure you would have seen a lot of success in doing that. Oh, baby, success! Yeah, success is measured in very funny ways, I guess. <laughs> Man, I measure success by how much fun I'm having. Oh, I'm exactly. It, it's successful, you know. And if if I'm not, and it's a grind, then hey, I got to I got to make some change. Who's who's been your who would you class as your pinnacle moment in in your in beneath the surface? Who's been your best interviewee that you're like? Oh, that- see, it's a bit of a, a bit of a stitch up that one because I've had my wife on the show and she's amazing. So okay, your second best. She's been the best. best. Yeah, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Andrew's the best. Um, no, for sure. Oh, look, there's been heaps. I think every guest has their own gold. Like, and and I and I mean that. I'm not just saying that to give everyone a a medal. But 
there's been a few ones that I just that really just opened my eyes, probably more so than what I expected. And I think the first one was I think it was episode 17. It was with Danielle Alexis. So she's um she works FIFO I think out of Perth, um in the industry, but she's um transgender and she's trying to make her way into Hollywood to be an actress. And really, her story is unbelievable. Like just what she's been through. But almost, but her approach to it and the way she speaks and her her perspective and it was just amazing, absolutely mind blowing. And yeah, right. I knew it was going to be a good chat, but I didn't realize how how much I personally would be impacted after it. You know, I think about that all the time. I still think mm. about her and the conversations we had, and just the the way it opened my eyes to exploring it more and learning more and and trying to get more understanding. What what episode number was that? I think it was 17. 17. So, it was probably about a year ago that one that one came out. Um, yeah. But she's a superstar. Still got her on Instagram and following her along. And I think she's yeah. over in the States or she's nearly there now trying to um, – still trying to crack Hollywood. So, I wish her all the best. She's awesome. Yeah, right. Good, good luck. What about yourself, her. mate? What's, what about well, your guest? You got a pinnacle? Well, have you uh, had your wife on? I have. I have. I did. Uh, and that's like one of the – I think it's number three of the – all-time highest downloads was the missus and yeah. another one of me uh, mates from work, his wife. We did a FIFO Wives episode just to- Oh, I thought, yeah. Yeah, talk about the, I guess, the challenges of being a stay at, like, at staying at home with kids or going through pregnancy. And um, I think it's it's more the, the fact that, like, it's a good topic to talk about. But when you, as you said, when you get your wife in there, like- every, it's it's very personalized like that because if they're yeah. following the podcast and you get like they say oh we've got the other half coming on it's like oh that's intriguing wonder what she's like so that it, it draws people yeah. in like because i want to get my mum on at one stage and talk about oh, the yeah. bloody the horror run i put her through throughout my bloody teens and um early adulthood and like but you know like that's when you got people listening to you and you get like your family involved because because the, the way i look at it whether it's a I don't see it as a, a strategic um, – I, I get on whoever I want. I'm doing this for, yeah. for yeah, me. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not following Same. a bloody a corporate guideline or anything. It's like if I want to talk to this person, I'm going to talk to them. I don't care if, like, people don't like it. This is what I want to do because I'm passionate yeah. about this. Um, yeah. But the – I guess the best – well, so probably the – well, there's two types because I, I I do mining episodes and then I'm starting to do other episodes now, which are just random or just whatever I'm interested in or just nothing to do with mining. So yeah, like diversifying a bit. So yeah, lockdown episodes. Exactly. So like yeah, the yeah, be- yeah. probably the best mining related episode was I'd say the most impactful was the one I did with Dean Pitaway. I think he was oh, yeah. seventy something. That's the guy that got run over by the truck. But that yeah, that yeah. went from. He come in to talk about getting run over by an underground truck and nearly dying, and then we that that we ended up talking about his like his battles with meth addiction, my battles with bloody yeah. drug addiction, gambling addiction, like, and it was a real like, it was a two hour chat, and it was it was heavy, and it, like f- from that chat, he was you know contacted by people from Curtin University to go on like a guest speaker sort of like as a keynote speaker sort of. Um, registry yeah. like and they wanted him to like in his like writing a book and people have like like the the windows that opened for him that he after he come out and shared his story because I, well, I guess i had the guts to 
ask him and he didn't bloody walk off. But um, it was it was unbelievable and it was just it was an unbelievable story. Um, and as raw as you get, we just like both like because I'm there. Yeah, I've I've had my own demons too that I've had and that, sure. that spurred me starting this podcast, but. So I guess that was the big, biggest, best mining-related one. Um, there's a few other ones that with bloody jump operators telling freaking bloody good stitch-up stories. There's some classics. But then I guess the best moment was the recent one when I interviewed Professor Peter Doherty, who was a mm-hmm. he's a Nobel Prize winner and a I guess your bloody Australia's expert in bloody immunology, infectious disease, and everything. And he runs oh, the right. Doherty Institute in uh melbourne which was sort of at the forefront of the COVID 19 testing and yep research sort of and stuff. Like all the research going into you know your vaccines and there is i actually got the privilege to talk to him and because it, it was funny it's oh i take the view now you don't ask you don't get i think what they say wayne gretzky's saying 100 percent of shots you don't take won't go in so i'll yeah, just right. anyone i'll just email people whoever i think i'm like if they're going to say no, they're going to say no. Who cares? But yeah. this very small percentage say yes. And I emailed him and he emailed back and says, yeah, I'd love to come on. I'm like, holy shit, I've got a bloody Nobel Prize winner coming on. So that was um, – and that was awesome. So in the like in the lead up to that, I was reading all these bloody um, peer-reviewed journal articles about – bloody COVID-19 and virology and immunology and trying to get my head around like yeah, some yeah. sort of um, – Oh, like at least get a bit of lingo in the lead up, and I'm like, this is just fucking too hard. I was googling every second word, <laughs> trying to understand what these journal articles meant. But I, same thing. I just let him. I let him do the talking and tried to ask a few questions to facilitate it. Um, but I guess that was a that was a good moment. But then that gave me the confidence to say, right, who's next? Who's try and get bloody just keep asking people asking celebrities mm. or whatever like try to get yeah. someone's going to say yes eventually so yeah, even um, different maps exactly exactly yeah. you've got to get them while they're bloody still considered as a celebrity like they're never they're going to be <laughs> yeah, forgotten about months. very quick <laughs> that was hilarious that one oh but that's awesome Josh. you know like yeah 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 but that's that's the beauty right you, and you're just reaching out to people that you want to talk to you know, there's no, as you said, there's no strategic direction or if I need to talk to this person before that one and then I'll yeah. get this person, et cetera. And it doesn't work like that. I don't think that's a that's a good plan to follow. I think well, if you're, like, you're if gen- genuine and authentic. It, yeah, yeah, if I'm interested in it, other people are probably going to be interested in it too. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're not, that's cool. But they'll probably interested in the one you did before and they'll probably be interested in the one you do after. Yeah. You know, and, you know, or they just switch off completely and, you know, each to their own. Who, who's your, who do you want to get? Who is your guest that you want to get on? Like the pinnacle, where I guess what's your next big target? Oh, see, I don't really have a target. Uh, when I think about guests who I really want to get on, there's one guy, and um, and I I had just I just been I just haven't reached out to him. Um, but his name's Corey Pizza. Uh, he's based over in Canada, I believe. But I saw him speak at the um, industry health and safety conference back in 2015. And his just his take on um, communication from a safety perspective, you know, from the front line through to the executive, and then how how it can get skewed and where all the danger areas are, and and it was all around kind of culture, safety culture. Um, but it was just it just blew me away. I was like, this guy is amazing. And this is 2015, man. I didn't even I don't even know if I was listening to podcasts then. You know, I 
maybe just stumbled upon them. So, it's years later, I'm like, oh, I should reach out to that guy. And the cool thing is, I actually had a previous guest who who knows him. And um, I, yeah, I said I just need to to reach out, but I think life kind of gets in the way, and yeah, yeah, I'm probably missing some of those shots I'm not taking, to be honest. You just got to, yeah, that's it. I think you got to set yourself. I set myself a goal just to within a week at least send. You know, if I, I don't, I don't have a specific metric, but it's just sure. like you want to send five or ten. Five or ten feelers out, like a week or yeah. whatever, just to just to keep it going. Because like I've found putting your eggs in one basket just doesn't work. Because like there's a good chance the majority of people are going to say no to come on. You got to really you're, you're essentially spamming. I feel like a bloody recruiter. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I get it. But then yeah. you're the right people. Like I find the people that are are trying to do something really good, or they've got something new, and they're just starting to get their feet. They they are so keen because they want to come in. A they want to market whatever they're doing, but B they've always got great stories to tell and the reasons why they're doing what they're doing. So um, you find find a few of those along the yeah. way, and yeah, mate, it's good fun. It's really good fun. I'm bloody of of my one of of this is my goal this year is like a this is like a pet project that I'm gonna get Ray Warren on Rabs. The greatest, oh, yeah. the greatest NRL commentator in history. I'm like in the process He's- of trying to get him. It's going to probably cost me a fortune, but it's just like, why not use this to do like, because I, I will like literally watch bloody State of Origin replays after a few cans up at the, up in me donger and I'll start tearing up because like the rabs call and it like, it's just yeah. the one thing can, because I'm so, such a passionate rugby league supporter and like the one thing that has been consistent in rugby league my entire life and who has just been the top like you know your best players yeah. come and go but rabs warren yeah. has been the man of calling the game it's just what what i associate with rugby league um and i'm like yes that is more that is what i'll do so it's got nothing to do with mining but it's uh that's a goal you oh, gotta have a goal or i think it that does is though, my mate. goal the amount of amount of footy players that end up in the mining industry or the amount that come from mining towns and the amount of support that comes from the mining, you know, from the crews and stuff, rugby league is huge. I do one thing to look out for. I know Rabs, he doesn't have a team in the NRL. Like, he doesn't have a horse in the race, but I know he hates the Manly Seagulls. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he did. He told me that. Yeah, right. Actually, I'm going to have to bloody... Um I have to change my shirt when I go in. That's a pretty much only close irons, mainly Seagulls key. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. But um, Rabs, in a previous life, I used to work in the hotel industry, and he yep. used to come and stay at stay at the hotel that I worked at. Really? Um, yeah. So when he 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 actually had a he had a fear of heights and flying. He hated flying. So mm, he I've heard very that on rarely, another interview. Yep. Yeah, very rarely would he come to Queensland, but he would come up for the Origin if um. If the Origin was being hosted at Suncorp, he'd come up and he'd stay, and we'd have him. He'd stay on the first floor because we'd never put him up any higher. Yeah, never wanted to be. And um, he was awesome, nice guy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And he he speaks exactly how he speaks on the telly. Like, he doesn't have a radio voice. That's just that's who his he is. voice. But that's a gift. Yep. What he's been given that that oh, deep. He's the man. Like voice yep. is um, it's just unbel- It's unbelievable. Like one of the most. Uh, remembered like this power, not well, you wouldn't say powerful figure, but like the most 
notorious figure in rugby league is someone oh he's up there that hasn't hasn't played rugby league well well, wasn't a famous rugby league player he's just he's probably Mm. one of the greatest rugby league minds there it's just purely from the fact that he's been calling the game for so long it's um few people i mean look at rogan he's the voice of the ufc he's never fought in the ufc he's been a fighter in his previous life but and he is such a huge part of that sport just like rabs is for the to the league well because i look at like because You'd be the same as we all. Like, I look at Rogan, he's the, you know, I guess, the pinnacle of what we do, podcast. You look at him, you try and, try and like, emulate what he does. But mm. it's you look at his history, like, he started out in the comedy circuit in the 80s, which is when I was born. Like, he's been, to get where he is now, like, he's just been bought out by Spotify for $100 million, But he- um, A year. A year. Oh, $100 million a year, is it? Shit, Apparently. lucky prick. He- um, but he's been doing. That's taken him thirty years to get to that stage. Because I listen to the way yeah, he, right. the way he interviews people, how articulate he is. Like he doesn't pause. I notice I pause trying to find that. Uh, well, exactly what I'm doing now, trying to find that really good word to express what I'm trying mm. to convey. But he just says it off the bat. He's so fluent in his language and uses some bloody confusing words that I have to look up sometimes. But it's um it's just that's a mix that's of weed, weed and alpha brain. Oh that's it. I'd be geez, I'd be fucking useless. Oh if, if, if I was you get back sitting on site, mate. Well if I was sitting here smoking spliffs as I was doing this, I would be useless. I would be well I wouldn't be talking I'd I wouldn't even be talking about anything relevant. I'd be going from one side of the room to the other with in terms of the conversation topics. But um I don't know. It obviously works for him. I just find I don't know how he keeps my the amount he fits in a day. Like every episode, oh, I reckon he he probably talks it up a bit to cater for the interviewee. I reckon what because every interviewee, whatever they talk about, he's doing it or he's got it. He's got a bloody sauna in his house. He's started taking vitamin D. I was listening to one he did with some uh, doctor about bloody vitamin D and it's oh, yeah, pos- yeah. positive effects on your immune Im- immune system against yeah, COVID. Doctor like, Patrick. Yep. So it's anyway, but that's yeah, he's the pinnacle. It's uh yeah. He's got but very powerful figure like with what he does. He's such a powerful figure cuz so many people are listening to him and he was talking about that. He's like don't take anything I say about politics because I, he hasn't got a, in his opinion he hasn't got a very political brain, but he like you know, they were they were all behind him when he said oh he he was a Bernie Sanders supporter and like he didn't but then he said he'd vote um Trump ahead of Biden because pretty much Biden's going through dementia at a piece but um and you know like his people he was like influencing politics just from those simple comments when he but he doesn't um have a political brain at all and he gets something like 190 million downloads a month so you think about the Jesus Christ 190 million a month so you think about yeah. the amount of ears that are listening into that, and of those ears, how many are in the US, and mm. how many votes that someone like that is swaying, just yeah. by. But I think the thing that makes him so special, um, he's got this huge platform, you know, such a whole lot of followers, etc. But he's the most. He seems as though he's one of the most authentic people going around. You know what I mean? Like he, he literally, what he says, how he acts, that you just get that sense that that is exactly who he is. And he, he doesn't apologize for it. He's almost the opposite. Like, he's like, be, just be yourself. Like, don't, yeah, don't change. Just just be you. I don't think enough. he'd prep at all. I don't think he'd prep. It doesn't look like he's got. But I, I swear he'd oh, have I to have, he'd have a team behind him, like, giving him 
preps, like notes and information in the lead up to a to an interview because oh, I don't know like for someone that would do as much work as he does how he knows so much about he's like an expert on every subject matter that comes in he's always got info he'd have to have people helping him like no one can be that well read and still bloody exercise every day and and do what he does with the podcast and the UFC and be a father I'm just like nah nah something doesn't make sense he'd have to have a team behind him helping him um, yeah, I don't know. Someone put it, and it might have been one of his guests, said that he is one of the most educated people on the planet. And he was like, what? Like, like no one has had, like, face-to-face conversations with such a massive so array of experts yeah. from all their different fields and disciplines. And then over time, all that, all those conversations, all that education kind of links up, you know, so you can refer to different people and you do have insight into, you know, um, whatever it is the guest is talking about from some something that someone else has said previously. Well, you um, think he's done f- you think 14, well, he's done 1,400 episodes. Imagine if he only t- retains bloody uh, 5% of the information from each episode. That's a lot of bloody knowledge. It's, yeah. um, and he, obviously, he's had a lot of return guests, but even if you say he's had 1,000 people um, or he's talked to 900 people about their field of expertise that's a yeah. hell of a lot of knowledge a hell of a lot of conversations to have and of those people i'm sure he stays in touch with a lot of them you know like he's watching their feed or he's following their what they're doing and so he's constantly like just just learning so much just by through his podcasting platform yeah so oh, 190 million mate downloads a month that's our goal if we made if we, look we can if we can at least um get half of that each i think that's a probably might be sustainable it's not um let's not get too carried away <laughs> yeah oh, and he's the pinnacle mate he's the goat and um I, I just love it like i i listen to to his podcast a lot more than any others um, yep. even though they go for three hours but i just find them so easy to listen to really like educational really great perspectives and for me and obviously a lot of other people that's that's sort of content they want so um i like to think that if you know, someone listens to an episode of Beneath the Surface or Life of Mine or whatever it is, and they take something away. Hey, job done. That's awesome. Exactly. I've found it become. You'd be probably the same. You know, when you you go through the whole process of starting a podcast and editing your own episodes and really being like critiquing yourself, you I've become a bit of a podcast snob. Like I only listen <laughs> to sort of Rogan, um, and well, not many others because I, I, I don't in. I enjoy the way he does it. I guess I'll try to um, run mine the same as he does, like really be not not have it like an interview at all, like a real just a, yeah. just a conversation, not structured at all. But as soon as I listen to a podcast, I see someone following a question list. I'm just like, yeah, nah, buddy, nah, turn it off straight away. Or even, even poor audio quality, I'm just like, nah, not for me, which has been a challenge over the COVID period. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a bit of a – I picked that up, that audio. I'm like, oh, it's, it's so easy to fix. Like, you could mm. have done that way better real simply. But um, – real simply, I should say. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm all aboard anyone who's giving it a crack and trying to spread spread the message and, and get better and learn and evolve. Yeah, I think it's awesome. The more do, the you, do you do all your own – are you a one-man band with Beneath the Surface? Yeah. Do you do I am, everything? Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, same here. Um, it's um, too hard to. You, we can't outsource something when you. <laughs> it's you're not really making much money from it already. Well, I'm not making any, you know, and um, 
I mean, I'd love to at some point, but in in all honesty, I haven't dedicated to trying to monetize it and grow it and turn it into a money making thing. And I think I've kind of, maybe maybe I'm naive, but I kind of think that if if it's to be like that, that stuff will come in the future. I just got to keep focusing on you know chatting with good people and putting out good content and um, you know hopefully the listeners are enjoying it and it'll evolve naturally from there. But it's a bit, you, a bit like people you expect you to, people to turn and, up every week now. Well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I actually took a break from it for a couple of months earlier in the year, probably took about two months off. And I did it deliberately because I just wanted to see how I was feeling about it all and, and what the reaction from the audience and stuff was. And I, I quickly realized, I'm like, no, nah, I like doing this. I want to keep doing it. This is awesome. But the response from the audience and the fans and stuff were like not, hardly anything. And then I just put another episode out and it was like I nothing had changed. And I was like, yep. see, so it doesn't doesn't matter. Like yep. you got it all in your head that if you don't if you miss a week, you know, you're gonna lose half your audience. It's like, nah, man, people just listen to episodes whenever they're ready. As you said, you're seeing them from way back in the early days still ticking over. And you're going, What are you doing? Listen to that. That's rubbish. Listen to my new ones, they're way better. Yeah, exactly. It's you know? um have you have you like seen any points where You've done something different and noticed that, you know, you, you, your following's increased or people are, you're getting more downloads. Um, you know, what, what have you attributed any moments that where something's gone, it's gone up from a little new technique you've used or a new marketing strategy of some sort? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not that technical, to be honest. I, I find uh, it, it's heavily reliant on the guests themselves and yeah. a what they're yeah i guess they're following but also how much they effort they put into marketing it and sharing it and just who they are in the industry you know if they're a if they're quite a uh, a well-known name for instance you might get a few more a few more hits but in all honesty i, I don't look at the numbers very much at all like I, I look at them but i really don't pay much attention to it because i'm not really tracking anything i'm sure i will in the future as it grows and evolves and etc yeah. and especially if i decide to start um you know, trying to market it a bit more and trying to monetize it at some point. But um, I'm just enjoying the conversations more than anything. You yeah. know, I, I look at, I just jump on LinkedIn or something, you know, and you look at the the network and the people I've got in contacts and you know, who's appearing on my newsfeed. And I'm like, I if I didn't do it, have a podcast, I wouldn't know any of these people. I have no mm. idea. And now I'm fascinated by the work they're doing. It's pretty cool. Will you imagine having to go to conferences and, events like that just to do just to network and meet people in the industry it's a very costly and oh, i guess a laborious way of doing it because you're you're having the same conversation with everyone just to try passing around business cards but yeah, yeah. you know the podcasting such a fantastic platform to use you just it's a it's a free networking service which is mm. thousands of people are listening to it and you get to get to do it from your own home or um, get to do it at you. You still get to have the same perks as a networking event. You go, you have a beer and, and everything like mm. that. But it's, um, oh, it's, I'm the same as you. The people I've met is just unbelievable. I haven't even scratched the, scratched the surface yet. That's it, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I always think of it, it's a bit like a VIP ticket, you know, like if you were to go up to a stranger and say, hey, man, do you want to just, talk to me over a microphone for an hour and then we'll be friends forever yeah we'd be like yeah the hell away from me man who what go away but you can go and go hey 
you know, enjoyed our chat. I actually got a podcast. Do you want to come and join me for a chat and, you know, share your story? They're like, yeah. hell yeah, that'd be awesome. So then yeah. you, you get to connect with these people. You get to build a relationship. You get to share their story with all these other people. And then, um, you know, you get to, you know, add them to to your network. And then, you know, they'll introduce you to some of their friends. And, you know, it just evolves from there. I think that's the beauty of it. Just as I said, it's like that VIP ticket. But, you know, it takes a bit of effort to actually get that ticket to try and set something up and put it together and, you know, get guests and, do podcasts and edit them and produce them and market them and all that stuff. You know, it's 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 not an easy endeavor. And I think a lot of podcasts start and fail quickly because, you know, you get caught up in the in having the conversation and not all the rest of the, lo- the logistics that go around it. Oh, you, you, you don't get into the industry without uh, expecting it to be an easy ride because, mm. uh, well, you're well, we've all got bloody, I've got kids, you've got kids. And yep. every, like... Everyone says, "Oh, how's the the generic response when you say, oh, you know, like is, oh, you know, I couldn't do it without my supporting partner and, you know, yeah. like blah, blah, blah. And, like, to be honest, it's like you got to oh, – I'll say it out is a lot. It doesn't go that smooth. Like, they are – like, my missus is my bloody biggest critic because, like, I'm trying to run – this on the side as well, and be sure. a fa- father and a and a husband and manage everything yeah. at home, and like it's a massive balancing act. And there's going like, and Jeez. sometimes the the easiest thing will be just to give up because she's like going off ahead at me all like a lot of the time as well. Like she is very supportive, but there is the other side. Like the there's yeah. this the the com- the normal thing people say is like oh, I couldn't do it without my wife, but they're they're your biggest challenge, and it's fair enough because they're. They're in there trying to bloody keep the kids quiet and and everything like, and you'd just be mad not to take that into consideration. Like it's a it's a massive balancing act to try and and I found at the start like it's so easy to get consumed by it um, that you become absent in your other role as a father and a husband. Um, yeah. It's a yeah, it's been a big challenge. I'm only a year in, and it's because. Um, Especially when you're trying to grow something, you're trying to put, and you realise like you might, if you don't have a presence on social media for a week, like you might lose following. Like people might forget mm. about you if you don't release an episode um, at your normal interval or whatever. People might forget about you, and there's just that pressure to um, to keep to keep turning up. But whilst balancing it with everything else, like the yeah. the joys of a side hustle, um, it's. Yeah, that's the that's the biggest challenge. Like the I guess the technical stuff of learning audio editing and marketing, like that's all yeah. fucking hard too. Like that's a big one. But the biggest thing is just balancing it with your with the family life. Because like no no podcast or side hustles worth getting divorced over. You end up bloody you, you'll need to make too much money from it to pay for the settlement. So it's <laughs> it's uh yeah, yeah I gotta be I'm pretty upfront about that usually. Like anyone starting a, a business, because I guess I treat my podcast as a business, and it's um, yeah, it's a challenge. It's a bloody challenge. But oh, I've gone all right. I reckon I've gone all right. She hasn't bloody um, she hasn't attempted to punch me in the throat this month. So it's um, That's right. <laughs> and you're right though. Like no one ever starts a side business or a side hustle and goes, "Man, that was the easiest thing I've ever done." You know, like <laughs> couldn't have gone smooth. I don't know why I didn't do it ages ago. You know what? I'm gonna do another one. and and you're right you know you're right though like trying to balance the family that's been huge for me um and i've had man so many times it's gone through my head like what are you doing just 
you know, stop, pause the podcast or stop it or, you know, focus on other things. And I know as soon as I do that, I'll just be looking for something else. You know, I'll, mm. I'll, I, I need something just on the side that's not work, that's not family, that's not home. Um, just because that's what I enjoy. And I'm like, well, if I like it, why don't I just keep doing it? I think part of that helps with the motivation. So, you know, if it's, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday night, kids are in bed, you know, it's a chilled out evening. I, I actually don't mind just logging into the computer and doing some editing or sending a few emails or whatever it is. Um, it doesn't feel like work, you know, but yep. I think the moment that it does is the moment I'll give it up. Well, we, we, cause obviously struggled at the start in terms of me just checking shit all the time and you, you're back and forth from the computer, any sort of free yep. minute you think you've got, you hop on the computer and then the missus is like, Oh, can you come here? And you just, you feel like you get nowhere and you get, you yeah. get the shits. She gets the yep. shit. So we, like we send our our daughter goes to daycare Tuesday, Wednesdays, and like that's the day. It's like right, that's you your days. and that's my days to you know do the. I might do interviews on other days, but they're the days to like you know do your bulk email mm-hmm. emails, bulk contact people, editing right, like, and actually get a full few hour block to do it because trying to fit it in and in amongst everything else is just counterproductive and you just end up getting nowhere and you end up wanting to kill each other but we've and that's and we essentially said like once five o'clock hits that's kid madness time in the house just turn it off you gotta have two hours to do dinner and get kids to bed it's um yeah we just found setting we had to set up rules to control me and control the house i guess um otherwise it just wouldn't have worked we would have um she would have left me probably. It's uh, like to be but, to be honest, because it just it, the easiest thing. Because it's such a passion project, the easiest thing to do is just do podcast shit all the time and neglect everything else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't, mate. And the podcast is your passion. You know, it's not hers. Although she's supportive and she's on board with it, oh, you're the one who cares about it. Most of the time. Well, well, there you go. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's the thing. It's big for you, so it's a big deal for you, but it's not a big deal for her. She's like, just turn that thing off, you know, get the kids in the bath, whatever it is. And for you, that's really disruptive because you're sitting there trying to focus on this thing that you're right into and you just want to finish off whatever you're doing. And, you know, and that's where that conflict starts, you know. So, I think having rules and a bit of a, a, bit of a boundary, you know, a bit of a try line and a bit of a halfway mark is, um, is really important. What do, you, what do you reckon if you, you said you've got, you're going to keep... I guess doing it and just see what happens. Mm. What what do what what is what do you want to get out of it? Why would you? Why are you being so mad and keeping doing it, like me? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I just love. Are, connecting you, are back your money to the are, are you money driven no. at all? Not no. at all. No, I'm I'm experience driven. So, yeah. um, like obviously money driven to the point where I want to be able to pay the bills and look after the family and give them experiences, but. You know what, if I could happily pay the bills, have a bit of money left on the side to to have fun with the kids and the family and, you know, do a holiday here and there and all that, mate, I'm I'm happy as. Mm. So, when you look at like what, what your motivations are and what your drivers, for me, it's experience. So, um, you know, it might even be, I don't know, I've got to paint the fence. I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to paint the fence. But I know that once I do it, put the work in and get it done, the experience of like driving past the house or, you know, Looking at the fence, going, oh, I'm really glad I got that done. That's what sort of drives me. Um, 
a terrible analogy. I don't know why I even talked about a fence. Makes but- sense. It makes yeah. sense, fence, yeah. Yeah, rhymes, everything. It's perfect, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, it's all about the experience. So for me, if I'm enjoying it and I'm getting something out of it, and for me, it's I just love connecting back to the industry. I love hearing from people's stories um, and just the, the quirky personalities that, you know, I used to brush shoulders with on site all the time. And, um, you know, now I'm in a corporate role and I, I love what I'm doing, but it's different. You know, I just, the camaraderie and the relationships and the, the silliness, I guess, is it's just different. So, um, maybe there's a bit of nostalgia there. Maybe I'll get back on site one day and fall back into my element, but time will tell. Now, are you gonna? Are you gonna? Use, do you think you'll use it to leverage your your corporate career, like as a bit of a, net, net, I guess, a networking stepping stone? What, what? I guess, what's your goal with what you're doing in the corporate space? In the, you're very like very in the. It's your HR and leadership. I gather your that's your flavour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, more that organizational development side of things. I'm, I'm a real people person, so I love helping people develop. So, probably more like learning and development space. But you're right. I think the podcast does definitely play into that. It's not a strategic endeavor of mine. You know, like I'm not doing the podcast to maybe help my career down the track. But I honestly think at some point it will. You know, it might be the right opportunity where someone has listened to the show or maybe they – you know, they, there's a role that involves, you know, doing interviews and podcasts within a business or for a business or whatever it might be. Um, I think the skills that I'm learning as I go through this process are going to be beneficial to me some some way, some shape in the future. Um, and it's exactly when I transitioned from site to the office, um, I didn't think my skills would be transferable at all. And I managed to jag a role within the same business in the industry and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I got down to the corporate office and I was one of the only people who'd ever driven a truck. You know, I was the only, I, I kind of had this insight into operations that a lot of people don't have just because they haven't experienced it. And I never thought that that would have played into, you know, some of the strengths that I brought to that particular role. So, yeah, I think the podcasting stuff will will come into play at some point in the future. And look, honestly, mate, it probably has already. And I just haven't picked up on it. Yeah. How, how yep. do you feel about it, mate? Like, what's, do you sort of feel the same way or? When you know, yeah. what's your drivers? I've um, oh, I go through those phases with like, oh, geez, I could I could nearly give away mining to bloody um, and just do this full time and or yeah. um, ended up yeah, it's it's oh, it's a hard it's a hard one because I go through so many emotional bloody roller coasters that like sure. just de- depending on and a lot a lot of it at the start was i was just so flogged out with doing this on the side at um i was just i was just a defeated man i was um i was trying to do too much i definitely tried to do too much at the start but now where it's got me um i guess with the discipline and everything it's just made it's made me so much better at work like i'm just I know my yeah. my attitude and my work ethic at work underground is probably the best it's ever been. Um, more positive or more calm, um, and, and it's re- I guess it reflects in the results. Um, but I guess you reckon, the- just on that, do you reckon it's because or part of it is because now you're a bit of a voice for the industry, and it's almost like people listen to your voice and hear your stories and hear you interview other people. So, if you're not actually good at what you do and you're not calm and collected and, and putting out good vibes when you're on site, that, you know, it might play into it to some degree. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And and I feel like now I've got a 
I've got a responsibility to, you know, pre- practice what I preach. Like if I mm. if I go against like and that that's um and that goes on every level, work related, out, out of work related. Like I can't like I'm doing episodes on you know fucking well being, like on 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 drug use and things like that. So if I'm bloody if I'm out at a bloody nightclub hoofing lines in in front of someone, I'm just I've I've lost my authenticity straight away. So that's and that's right. and yeah. I have I have been I've been around drugs in the last year where I've been like um, oh it'd be easy just to dive back into it, but I mm. but I I can't because I've, I've I've told everyone on the air that I've bloody I've given that away, so I can't. I can't yeah. be seen to do that, like a buddy. That's the accountability, all right? You're it like, is, yeah, yeah, it is. I've, I've drawn had... line in the sand publicly, and now I've got to stick to it. And um, might, might have had obviously a, a scoop, but bloody, not all the bloody uh, on the, you know, all the all the, all the party drugs. But that that was one thing. But a lot of it, another big thing I've taken out of it was a lot of the like, looking out, looking out for the other blokes underground, like and yeah. and and ladies as well. Um, and whether it's a like, because I'm pretty young and like I'm not a, a really experienced underground miner, being been in the industry ten years, which is pretty, pretty like pretty small. But I did engineering and stuff as well. So in terms of underground, of I'm not like a. But I'll see the I'll get like the 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 new nippers come along and um like the bloody you know job there jobs to feed me up the ass essentially and bloody so but I. I knew I was in the same position. I really, really try and you know help mentor them, help train them up, and help giving as many tips and bloody look. It's such a because it's such a high pressure job. What we do down there, it's um sure look, the the heat and everything can get the better of you sometimes, and you fucking lose your shit. But um, it, well, it's, it's, it's even so the natural, fact, right? You know oh, the environment a, that you're in. You're oh, not meant exactly. to live. You know, a kilometer under the ground or work. It's so well, weird. Your body, it's your body's more going when, mad. So, well, when you're contracting, like it's 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 go go go. Like we don't, I don't break yeah. for lunch or anything. She's eleven hours straight, like in just high pressure environment. It's um, but I've I've noticed a few times. I've I've seen blokes. You just I know something's wrong with them. I know I know yeah. there's something wrong at home. I know they're off their game, and I'm just like I need to. Uh, I know I've got to stop. And ask and and take yep. the time to really and and I've That's seen great. results where I've bloody I guess guys are up at work they're on two and one they're having troubles at home or their their missus is struggling with them being away and you can just see and it's like really affecting and I'm like well this bloke's going to be with me all day if his mind's not on the job he could fucking kill himself or kill me um with like with a mistake or something so it's in both our interests to and and look I've, yeah. I, I, I pulled some guys out of it, like cheered them up. Like one guy was having a bloody um, a tough time the other week, and I fucking made up a song about him throughout the week, and we just sung it all week. Like just, it was hilarious, and like yeah, it, it put a smile on his face because he was yeah. having a prick of a time. It's um, yeah. that's yeah, it's just it, it's definitely made as you said that accountability has made me, it's made me a better person, and I know, I know um, because but like look before that like. In the lead up, like before the podcast, I was a, you, I was a flog really, like I was a fuckwit, like I was, um, shit attitude, uh, yeah. angry underground, uh, bloody, you know, 
He used to smoke flat out. He used to take drugs flat out. He gamble flat out, like horrible with money. Like I was just a my twenties, and like till I got to about thirty one was just just horrendous, embarrassing. Uh, looking back on it, but that and that was, I guess, a bit of a, a reason that I used to like. I had so many, so much, I guess, negative life experience, um, whether it was mining or non-mining related. I'm like, shit, I could do a fucking episode on each of these. And I have. And I was, um, I guess I said from the outset, I'm going to fully, full disclosure on all my history in the podcast because I, I think it added to the authenticity of the episodes. I'm not just preaching. I'm saying, look, I've fucked up here. Um and hopefully trying to have an impact so people don't make the same mistakes I have. Um, I think it's come across that way. And, like, yeah, hopefully my bloody mother hasn't listened to too many of them. I think I'll tell her everything anyway. <laughs> but um, it's um, but I think that that's really added to, as I said, the authenticity of it. So Totally, mate. And I think there'd be so many people who would listen to those episodes and relate in their own way, and they would relate because they know that it's real to you. You know, mm. and it's, it's that authenticity, you know, you, you're congruent with what you're saying versus what you're preaching versus what you've been through yourself. And, and that resonates, man. You can, you can pick the BS a mile away when somebody's, you know, you, you get it all the time in the mining industry, you know, people telling stories and you're just like, oh, I don't, it's just, it doesn't sound right, man. I'm not, I'm not buying what you're selling. Mm. So, when, when it does come across so authentically, because it is, you know, it, that really resonates with the people who are tuning in. And I, because um, I've got guys, guys, I've got a lot, you know, you'd be the same. You get a lot of messages through your, your social media pages and things like that. And, you know, guys are telling me like, oh, I got on those quit smoking tablets you were talking about. I haven't yeah. had a durry for bloody three months. And it's just like, it just makes messi- all the messages like that just make all the hard work worthwhile. It feels like you're doing it for something. Because, like, you know. Yeah. You know, you can get to you're like, fuck. Why, as you said, why am I doing this? This is so much work. I'm just, is it? And I'm just doing it. And why am I doing it? And it, yeah, it's messages yeah. like that. People saying, look, this is you. You've really helped me. It's just like, oh, it's it, it is worth it. It is. That's yeah. that's what that's what you do it for. Um. So yeah, keep keep it. Fuck, keep the positive messages coming in, everyone. So I'll keep doing it. Pretty much. That's the long and the short of it. Well, it's true, man. Because it. It's kind of reaffirming the whole reason you're doing what you're doing, right? When yep. other people go, hey, man, I really like that or I got something out of it or I, you know, went to that resource that you mentioned, whatever it is, is it? I, I took those, you know, stop smoking pills or, or gum or whatever it is. Like, you know, cool, man. Or obviously you're listening, which is great, but actually getting some value out of it and then to go a step further to actually feed that back to you and say thanks is massive, you know, so... And you're right. You get those messages now and then, it, and it always those messages always come when you've just had a bit when of a run of like, <laughs> oh, like sick of this, over it. Like it's ten thirty at night, and what am I doing? Like, you know, I've got to be up early in the morning. And then someone will just text you and go, "Hey, man, I listened to this episode and it was awesome. Keep it up." You're like, "Oh yep. shit, I got to do this for another three months at least." <laughs> now. All right. <laughs> yeah, how's, how's your Mrs. Bells? Oh, bloody ragged on my poor Mrs. Enough. Uh, how's yeah. your Mrs. with it all? Like during the whole, even the the initial bloody inception of it, and uh, we're a bit of a roller coaster. The yeah. not the stereotypical answer. The honest answer. Oh, the on, yeah. honest. The honest answer is she's been awesome, and yeah. um, I think she knows that I was keen to give it a go. I was passionate. I kind of had a good plan, and she was like, "Go for it. Go, just 
give it a crack. You know, go nuts. Um, I definitely have those moments where I, f- I get a bit overwhelmed. Like I've just got lots going on. You've got work, you've got family stuff, you've got social stuff and you're like, oh, I've, got to, I've got to get into this podcast, you know, I've got to edit it. Um, and then she'll be like, you know what, I'll just, I'll take the kids out for an hour. We'll go to the park. You just do the podcast for a bit. And then she knows that I'll feel much better if I just get a little bit done. Um, but in, in all honesty, I do most of my work on the podcast in the evenings. So yep. it'll be it'll be after, you know, you got work and whatnot, you've got the kids, get them all sorted, you know, even connect back in with the wife, sit down, have a chat, see how she's going and, you know, all that stuff. And then she'll usually go chill out, read a book or something, and I'll just jump on for an hour and do some podcast stuff. So um mate, the honest answer is she's she's super supportive, um, and, and really has been from the start. Very rarely have we had um, had big conflict over the podcast. That's probably a that- reflection on you as well. Like you're you're probably a bit easier to deal with than me as a as a husband because uh, I'd be yeah or I know I'm my worst enemy a lot of the times, yeah. being just too obsessed with it and not just getting entrenched sure. with it when I just should. I'll just be like I just got to let it go for a day and yeah get everything sorted my- here. You're probably right. I think from my perspective too, I've always, since I started it, it it's a slow burn thing for me. You know, as I said, yeah. I, I don't market it as much as I should. You know, I should be much more proactive in getting guests in. I should be doing all this stuff. But part of me is really happy that I'm not because I've got a good balance and I'm still enjoying it. And I know that my kids aren't missing out. And I know that I'm still, you know, connecting well with my wife and, you know, I'm keeping up with what I need to do with work. So, I'm sort of like... Yeah, I could go harder, but it's it's going to cost me in some other aspect of my life. And I'm like, right now where I'm at, I'm I'm happy. You know, I'm happy just to, to keep doing what I'm doing. So, yeah. mate, time will tell. We'll um we'll see. I think um as I said, it's just a learning journey. It's all about developing the skills and just getting better at you know interviewing and asking questions and even editing and marketing and stuff. I think that will all play play to a strength at at some point in the future, but. You know, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. How, how do you reckon you're gonna? You said you want to monetize it. What do you reckon? What's your? How do you think you're gonna go about it? Because that's a. I guess that's the biggest challenge for anyone starting a podcast here is like, how do you hell do you make money out of it? Oh, uh, so everyone's different. I think a lot of people have in their head they're going to monetize it. So that means advertising and that means um you know selling stuff etc etc and look there's heaps of avenues for doing that through podcasting um for me i i see it more like it's almost like a service offering so i would i personally if i was going to try and monetize this i would love to actually partner with businesses you know almost have a sponsor that you're a partner with where you're endorsing them and then they're either endorsing you or, or paying paying it back somehow um even uh, through your through your own sort of personal branding or your networks and things is having guests come onto the show that are maybe they are selling a product, but if it's beneficial to the industry and there's an audience and you know a market for it, you know maybe there's there's time there. For me, I I really haven't honestly, mate. I haven't looked into it enough and I haven't thought about it enough because uh, yeah. I know that to do so is going to take a bit more time and effort and work, and I'm just I'm just not at a point where I'm ready to do that yet, but. You know, as I said, time will tell. We'll um, we'll figure it out. But I don't know. I know now and then. You never know. One day, someone might wake up and say they want to sponsor the show, or they want to look. You know, talk about it further, and um, and that'd be great. 
There is that dream that someone's just going to rock up, say, look, I'll give you, here's 500 grand to exclusively sponsor Beneath the Surface forever. If yeah. only it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, maybe I just wasn't born with that venture capitalist gene. Um, but as I said, I, part of me is worried or concerned, I guess, that if I try and start making money out of it, I'm just, it's just going to become work. I'm going to feel like I just have to do it and I have to make it better and bigger and it's going to drain me and burn me out. And as I said, I'm, I'm not driven by the money. I'm driven by the experience. So, that experience doesn't interest me at all. Because I am. Uh, maybe maybe it, I'm missing a massive opportunity, but who knows? Nah, nah. Because, well, you can just learn from my mistakes, really. Because I, <laughs> at the start, I tried to... um. Uh, like, you know, do ads and stuff. I like you know, some guys I interviewed said, like, yo, we're keen to keen to sponsor you, like help you out. You've helped us out so much and and I'm like oh, I'm like, how do I how do I do this? Like as you said, yeah. Un- yeah. completely uncharted waters. So I'm like well, based on listening to other podcasts, I'm like, oh, I'll give this a go and we sort of did you know, did short short adverts like at the intro, middle and yeah. end of an episode. Yeah. Um, and I recorded it with them and like, oh, I'm like, yeah, it, it sounded all like a good idea and look, they weren't yeah. too bad, but reflecting back on it now, I'm just like, nah, I, f- I failed with it. Like, I, I, look, and they yeah, said they got some, they got some people heard the adverts and like contacted them, like they got some benefit oh. out of it, but I, I go back on it now and I look back on it and it's just like, nah, didn't. Didn't work, and it's the same as when I hear um, adverts in other podcasts. Like it's that you hear that that stop in the conversation. It yes. goes to an advert, and it's just like, nah, I don't like it. Whereas Rogan's just like, here's seven minutes of adverts at the start. Skip through them if you want. Get them out of the road, and then we go into the combo. Like, and he's yeah. like, that's his way of doing it. I don't know if anyone even listens to the adverts, but um, yeah, whether they get I, the I benefit. I find myself listening. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I, I, I find myself um, listening to them accidentally like because I'll listen while I'm riding a push bike or something or commuting. So, I kind of forced yep. to unless yep. I have to stop and change it. Um, but if he's kind of got the, the reach where he can get away with it. My advertiser will be like, we don't care. Just even if everyone skips it, if we've got advertising on Rogan's podcast, we know that enough people will listen to it. Because mm, exactly. I've, I've been approached by businesses before that specialize in like in in podcast advertising and i was like oh yeah, yeah. I'll check this out you know and it has there's all these regular all these things around it like it has to be in in your episode it can't be at the start or the end like okay yeah because they know yep. that if you put it at the start people will skip it if it's at the end they'll just stop it yep. so it has to be in the middle you have no say over what what the ads are or who, who they're from and but then they'll pay you so much money and i was like no way like that's the best way to destroy your podcast in my in my perspective like i i listen to a few podcasts where they do have ads in the middle and i hate it too like i yeah it drives me nuts yeah so, no, that's well, just me personal preference you know well the way because the way i look at it now is um this is i guess the conversation like the biggest thing is having the you got to have the guts to have the conversation if someone approaches you to come on the podcast you got to be fully and this is what i guess i've learned along the way is like you're gonna be fully transparent from the get go, yeah. it's just like you, you've come to me, you want to come onto my show. Um, and because a lot of people don't understand the time it takes to do a podcast episode, the interviews, the that's, that's the easy. quickest, quickest and easiest part. You just 
sit down for an hour and a half, press record, you're done. But um, yep. Yep. the time it goes into then putting the intro and conclusion to it, um, editing it, getting it getting it ready to um, release, that's just one part. Then, you know, posting it to the platform, writing the description, um, posting on all the social medias, <coughs> pardon me, social media platforms. I do, um, you know, sort of highlight like a snippet video to try and help yeah. promote it on social, like the generation of that. All those aspects just um, just take so much time. And it does. If, um, so I've just, I've just learnt from learnt now that if people approach me to come onto the podcast that, that are a business, I'm like, yep, no worries. This is what it costs. This is um, – the services I provide. This is what in terms of the marketing, the your logo display on the website, the backlinking, the um, you know boosting of the posts on Facebook. Like it's just a because um, you just can't expect to be a slave to all these people no. that want to promote their business because it's um it, it's so much work. Like it's a full day's yeah. work at least just to um just to release an episode so it's because uh, that i guess that's what so like the long and the short in terms of monetizing i found like the value for any business or any individual is the episode content like it's not ads mm-hmm. it's not um great it's not talking about their company name it's it's the episode content because and i learned that after i interviewed bill Bowman from northern star early on i think he's back in the 30s um he just the feedback I got, you talk to him about, you know, the Northern Star journey and him and him himself. Yeah. Talk to people, they listen to that, they're like, I just want to work for Northern Star. After listening to that, it just makes yeah. you want to work for Northern Star. It makes yeah. you want to work under Bill Beeman um, because the episode, the content was just so inspiring listening to his story. So, yeah. and that's the benefit you can, like companies can get from coming onto a podcast it's the you don't have to pay for ads you don't have to because it just comes across too yeah. salesy and, my, and most companies don't want to sound salesy um no. but and, you can you passively just, talk about their they can passively just talk about their journey but you know who they work for and that's yeah. the best advertising anyone can get i think um, i think that's huge too and, and for them you know if they are i don't know recruiting for a role or they're advertising elsewhere and they say hey Hear a bit more about us and our backstory, where we came from on, you know, Maddie Michael's Life of Mind podcast. Here's the yep. episode, you know, and people start listening in. And if you're thinking about going for a role with them and you've never really heard about them, you listen to that podcast. And as you said, you're like, man, that's the job for me. And all of a sudden, you've got all this interest. That's that's where you make your money, you know, is, is that public perception and telling the story. And as I said, for me, that's where Beneath the Surface really came came to be. It was all about trying to capture those stories and share them. And, yep. you know, for me, if, if I can do that and people get value out of it, then job done, you know. That's a successful successful gig. So, Well, you, um, you, you're in the HR space. Like, you look at what companies pay for to put ads on, ads on Seek. Um, like, yeah, God, even, even like money, money they'll pay to, for people to refer other refer people as employees to get jobs like they pay like god no the last company i was with paid like a two or three thousand dollars if you referred an employee to um and they stayed oh, yeah. stayed with the they company stayed. for six months yep. like the value in yep. that but it's just like and that's just for sending a resume on so you look at the value mm. if you can um do that via a podcast like the the reach you can get um I think that's where the value is for monetizing. 
because uh, yep. you can you can say to a company, it's like, oh, you know, if you're paying this much just to get one employee, how about you know you can come on here and you can get a hundred. Yeah. Uh, massive amounts yeah. of benefits to companies, I think. Mate, and I think that comes with time. To your point, it's all about content. And for you as a host, like for me as a host, I think the more you do it, the better you get. You grow your um, episode base, you grow your networks, and then all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but over a long time, you know, you've got this all this like um, integrity in the podcasting space, in the industry, and people. that's when I think people go, man, that's a resource that we should be tapping into to sponsor or, you know, to get on our side to to get the word out to the to the masses, um, you know it's it's that uh, that old adage of Jerry Seinfeld. You know it took him seventeen years to become an overnight success. Oh, exactly. He, he'd spent all that time building, getting better, getting better, getting better, and then all of a sudden he was this huge star. But everyone forgets about all the hard work that was put into it prior. Mm. And you mentioned it with Rogan before. Like he's been doing stand up and acting and commentating for thirty years. Of course, he's going to be good at a podcasting. He's been his whole life's been on a microphone, you know, like he's great at, at all of that stuff. So, it was just yep. a perfect storm. But, um, yeah, I think I think over time you, you build it. It's almost that, you know, if you build it, they will come. But um, it, it shows that you're, you're in it for the long haul, that you've, you know, you've made the mistakes, you've been uh, up and down and back and forth, but you're still there, you're still producing content, you're still getting better at your craft and I think that's that's what ulti- ultimately sets you apart from anybody else down the track. Well, you think, I just think of how much I've learned just in because mine's only been going for a year and I, yours is yeah. a bit longer but like still um, we're not 30 years like Rogan but it's um, just the amount we would have both learned in that one year. It's like, oh, right, well, huge. what am I going to learn this year? It's um, yep. It's all and it's all those blank spots, all the things we don't even know that we don't even know about podcasting mm. and uh, mining and life in general. It's um, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good year, I reckon, Lav. It's a good year, mate. But like somebody maybe doesn't know you, hasn't heard of the podcast. They go, "Oh, Matty started this podcast a year ago. He's got seventy plus episodes." He goes, "He's got seventy episodes. Holy hell!" And it, like that alone is enough to say, "Well, he's obviously dedicated. He's into it. He's." producing he's gone nuts gone hard it obviously means something to him um and you think about all the people you've met all the people you've talked to in 70 episodes and that's only that was only a year ago what yeah. who's the maddie michael 15 years down the track yeah exactly who, who bloody knows <laughs> who, who knows, knows? Of a, you're on spotify for 100 million a year i i have um I've accepted the fact that I don't know where I'm going to be in the next five years. I've just, um, I think I've good. got, I've got rid of the plan. I'll just, um, just keep turning up to work, pay the mortgage, and um, yeah, I've, I've got rid of all my fancy. I used to have, you know, fancy ideas of what I'm going to do, and ended up like that. Just ended up me losing a hundred thousand odd in the share market, and just oh, like yeah. you know, like those, <laughs> those aspirations. It's just yeah. once I finally accepted the fact, I just got to turn up to work each week. I've got to get paid, pay the mortgage. I've got to do the podcast and just repeat and everything should just take care of itself. Mate, you think about like five-year plans, 10-year plans, and I think there's a place for that. But I look at my last 10 years, there is no way in hell I would have predicted back then what my life has turned out to be now. I don't regret any of it. My my life, I'm pretty 
pretty lucky, man. Pretty privileged. So, well, if um, you make a five, if you make a five-year plan and you stick to it, you you're eliminating all that potential, those blind man. spots that you don't even know exist. If you just want to follow that, you just yeah. um, it'd be the same as you. So, like my view is so just that. let these things come to you instead of trying to plan for them because you don't even know yeah. they exist yet. Yeah, and I think there's there's something about trying to set yourself up for opportunities that you don't even know are there. You know, and I think that's where this podcasting stuff comes into play too, you know, as we talked about. You, you're just building skills. You know, as you said, you, you're going to work, you're paying the mortgage, but, you know, you, you might find yourself down the track where you've got this great opportunity to move to another part part of the world even, but you paid off enough of your mortgage that you can, maybe you can sell the house and have enough cash to do it. But if you weren't putting in the work and doing the putting in the effort, et cetera, you know, um, you wouldn't be able to take those opportunities. So, it's kind of... The best plan is to oh what was I not have a plan. From, <laughs> no, it was Simon Sinek's thing. Um, the best plan is to plan that the plan will never go to plan. There you go. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so have a plan. That's great. But just plan yeah. that it's just not going to go to go the way you think it will. Yeah. Awesome, mate. Oh, I reckon I've got a screaming child inside, and I think you're due for school pickup too. I think. Man, mate. <laughs> well, bloody, Matty, bloody. it's been awesome chatting. Mate, we didn't even dive into the stories. I still I want to know what a jumbo operator is doing with an MBA, mate. So we better do a part two of this. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a part two. Uh, the, Let's that do was it. probably the that was probably the biggest waste of money in my life. Fifty grand down the drain. But oh but it adds not down the drain. It adds a cool it adds a cool bit of um cool bit of info, I guess. But um, <laughs> it does, mate. We'll dive into the part two and I reckon we do it soon, man. It's been it's been good yeah, just to chill out definitely. and catch up. Yeah, I know. It's um uh, these are the best ones. It's like, oh, what did we actually talk about? But I don't know. We've done, we've got an hour and twenty of stuff, so we must talk cool. about something. This could be the <laughs> here. You go. We we could market this as the how to start a podcast sort of thing. It's uh, inspirational information we've given you for said, free. If, if one person takes something out of this, as I said, job done. Happy days. Yeah, you know, they might start a podcast. They might do an MBA. Who knows? We'll have to. We've got to get a. Maybe we'll we'll get a three way go. We'll get Finney in, but um, we'll like, we're going to have to put him on a time limit. We're going to have to get like the bloody um, what was it like? Hey, hey, it's Saturday. The bell, old Red Simon's on the bell. Just like oh, right, oh Finney, you got to shut up for the moment. <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll get Beanie to facilitate. That'll be awesome. He, he loves it. Yes, he yeah. We've got a bit of we've got a bit of a um a little clique going there with uh, Finney it. and Beanie. It's good. Mate, it's good little- to see everyone. There's no. It's good to see like. You know, happy to bloody yeah, co- collaborate. You'd say it's, collaborate. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Good yeah, stuff. Mate, you better hey, you better go attend to that screaming child, mate. But it's been a pleasure chatting on both podcasts at the same time. It's a bit feels a bit yeah, weird, but it's good. But days. isn't it? How easy is it? Like it's just one so less good. thing we have to do because we've got we've killed two birds with one start. Yeah, we're kind of. But now we've set ourselves up for a part two because we didn't really dive into. Anything Everything we, we could have, so, yeah. so maybe we just doubled our workload. Yeah, probably, mate. <laughs> nah, good stuff, mate. We'll um, we'll call it uh, beneath the surface meets life of mine. That's I'll even yeah. let you be the, I'll be the, oh, you be the Batman, I'll be the Robin, sort of thing. I'll let you take the top title. Oh yeah, so I'm, <laughs> a, I'm an Al- Alfred type character. I reckon I kind of run the show in the background. No one knows. Oh, the, the no. yeah, the, yeah, I get yeah, all well, the facilitator role. Yeah, I like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. good on so you, brother. Yeah, it's been good on the the life of the mind. Was it life of the surface podcast? Life of the. <laughs> 
beneath the mine. Yeah. Beneath the mine. <laughs> That's deep. Ah, good stuff, nice, mate. Nice, Matty. All the best, Very brother. Rude. Let you go. Too easy, mate. Right, oh, good on you, Labo, and thanks very much for coming on, mate. As I said to everyone earlier, check out his podcast beneath the surface. Share it around. Another great mining podcast in the podcasting industry. Right, stay safe out there, everyone, and we'll chat to you later.